Jesus' name. And we're going to look directly to the word of the Lord. I feel refreshed already in the Holy Ghost. And that's a good, that's a good feeling, to be reflect, refreshed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not refleshed, but refreshed. Amen. We want to get that right. We don't want to be refleshed. <laughs> we want to crucify the flesh. But we want to be refreshed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're talking tonight on the subject of patience. And I want to, I want to invite your attention to the gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Luke chapter 21 and verse 19. We here are finding the words of Jesus as he speaks to his, to his disciples. And he is describing things that are to come. Uh, he's describing, he foretells the destruction of Jerusalem. And describes when Jerusalem will be compassed with armies. He describes Jerusalem being trodden down by the Gentiles. That the Gentiles will trod down Jerusalem until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And, and he describes then also the day in which the Son of Man shall return to the earth, which is, of course, the great and notable day of the Lord that we all look to and are awaiting. And he looks to that and says that he will come in clouds and that men's hearts will fail them for fear. That there will be signs in the sun and signs in the moon, signs in the stars and upon the earth and the, the distress of nations. With perplexity, the sea and the waves are roaring. We're, we're experiencing all of that right now. And we are, we are experiencing it because we are growing dramatically close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to be ready for that. But Luke 21 verse 19, as he as he, as he pivots uh, in these next few verses, he pivots from describing what will come upon Jerusalem shortly in that period of time. And then what will come upon the whole face of the earth later. He describes it in this way. He said, there's going to be need of patience. Everybody say patience. There's going to be need of patience. But he said, in your patience, you will possess your souls in your patience possess ye your souls and this is a powerful truth because patience is something that none of us really really uh, want to develop but it is one of the most valuable qualities that a person can have in their spirit and in their character the quality and the trait of patience because Patience does something that nothing else can do. It develops a work inside of us that, that nothing else is quite able to develop. And so we want to, we want to understand this. What Jesus is telling us here is that don't reject the developing of patience. Don't run from the developing of patience. Don't, don't even though it's not pleasant, don't resent the fact that patience is being developed in you. Understand that inside this development of patience, you are going to do the very thing you're incapable of doing by yourself, and that is you're going to possess your soul. You're going to be made right. There's going to be something to work on the inside of you that has to do with the soul, and only patience will be able to do that. 
So he says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. I remember uh, when I was a child, uh, it seemed like, you know, somebody would talk about two hours. You know, we'll, we'll leave in two hours. How much longer? We'll be there in two hours. In two hours, they might as well have said 18 months. It just seemed like an eternity to me. And now it doesn't seem like an eternity at all. It seems like a very short amount of time. I mean, this message tonight will probably go two hours. No, I'm kidding. It's not going to go. All of a sudden, it started feeling like an eternity again, didn't it? It's not going to go that long. But just the perspective as a child, my perspective of of, of, of time was different than it is now, and, and the same is true for you, because we've lived longer, and more time has, has elapsed, and, and as a result, we understand that time flies by, but it takes so long for us to really figure that and understand that, and sometimes we're still in that learning process of understanding that, that some things take time, and that that is okay. And that we must understand that patience is at work. And when patience is at work, the most beautiful thing in the world is at work. And that is the possessing of your soul. The, 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 the making right of your inner person. The, the, the very salvation of your soul is happening in that process of patience. And so we want to talk a little bit about that tonight. I, I will invite your attention to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and we're going to look at the matter of patience as James would describe it. Jesus, of course, has described it in Luke 21 as being the very way in which your soul will be possessed and be, uh, be saved, essentially. And, and so James deals with this subject as well. Notice what he says in the first chapter of his epistle, and we'll look at the... Uh, Second verse, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And when he talks about temptations there, he's talking about trials. He's talking about problems. Now, now that's not how we think of problems. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse problems. Count it all joy when you fall into different issues and situations. But he said, don't let it get you down. Don't let it discourage you. But count all of it as joy. And then he said, because know this. This is how you're going to count it joy. Knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Now this is what you and I must understand. That when we go through a trial or through a tribulation or through a problem in life. When we go through those things, it is a trial of our faith. Our faith is on trial. And God is testing the faith that he put inside of us. And by testing it, he's making it stronger. So know this. When you're going through a temptation or a trial or a tribulation and you want to be discouraged about it, instead of being discouraged, count it all joy and, and, and looking back in life over the things that you've gone through. Instead of dwelling on the negative aspects of those things, count it all joy. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith is working patience inside of you. You know the thing where 
You'll possess your soul in it. It is working patience in you. And that is what the trying of your faith is doing. God tries our faith with the various tribulations that we go through. Now, he goes on later in this same chapter to explain that God is not the one who's tempting us. God is not tempted of evil, neither tempteth he any man. But God does allow us to go through a particular challenge so that he can try our faith. And what happens when something is tried? That's a legal term, the trying of your faith or the trying of anything or the trying of someone or of a case. It is a legal term. Something is proven. And that is the reason for the trial of your faith. It is proving something. God is not just trying your faith. He's proving your faith. He's proving it to you. And he's even proving, approving it to himself. And he is developing it and strengthening it. And through every challenge that you have faced, you have gained strength. Can somebody say amen to that? I just want to see a show of hands if you've ever gone through something you didn't want to go through. But by the time you came through it, you realized you were stronger than when you had begun that particular set of circumstances. Hallelujah. So the trying of your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, when Abraham was tried, he offered up Isaac, his son. See, that, that, was, a, that was a big deal. Can you imagine receiving the kind of instruction Abraham received? And that he had to go up to Mount Moriah and offer his son upon the altar. And he was completely reliant upon the graciousness of God and the promises of God. And he was prepared to be obedient unto the bitter end to the Lord. And the Lord said, do not slay your son, for now I know that you fear God. The whole time it was a trial of his faith. That's what you have to know. That's what I have to know. The whole thing is a trial of our faith. Don't let the feelings get you down. Don't let the circumstances get you down. Don't let the curveballs or the roller coaster ride or the, the difficulty that emerges day in and day out. And relish the little victories along the way. Count it all joy and know that the trying of your faith is working patience. Notice verse 4, and this is one of my very, very favorite verses in the Bible. Let patience have her perfect work. Do you know why we devalue patience the way we do? So many times we devalue patience the way, the reason we devalue patience sometimes is because very few have actually allowed patience to have her perfect work. So many times we have aborted patience or forfeited patience while patience was in the process of doing a wonderful work in our life, we gave up or we quit. Or we turned around. Or we threw in the towel. But God forbid that that be the case. If we will allow patience to do what patience does. Note what happens in verse 4. You may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Now, that doesn't mean that, you're, that you are going to be walking around with a halo on your head. And you grow wings and everybody else is just, you know beneath you that doesn't mean that when it's referring to being perfect and entire it is referring to our heavenly abode it is referring to that but it's also referring to the fact that you, that patience comes 
to make us complete and to make us whole and to make us understand where our help comes from. So, so it's similar to what Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That, that doesn't mean that you will never have another need. It means you don't ever have to go anywhere else to find provision for that need. The Lord is your shepherd, and because of that, you will never be impoverished, and you will never want. And that is what patience will do for us. Patience will have a perfect work in us, that we may be perfect, that we may be whole, that we may be complete and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. That's what patience will do. Let's look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 deals with the subject of patience, and I... I love this explanation. It's really uh, dealing along the same lines as, as was James chapter 1. But let's look at Romans chapter 5. The scripture says in verse number 3, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. James said when you go through a problem, count it all joy. Paul said to the church at Rome, we glory in our tribulations while we're going through the tribulations. Now listen, you got to understand, these aren't, this isn't coming from guys who just had a bad day at the job. This isn't coming from guys who, who had a little, a little bit of a, an attitude problem on the highway because he was stuck in some traffic. This isn't coming from somebody who had somebody in his family say something bad about him and now he's really upset. No, these are, this is coming from guys James was, was, was beheaded, and, and, and Paul was, Paul was uh, 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 sent to the guillotine. This man understood what tribulation was. He talked about snake bites and shipwrecks and, and in perils of robbers and in perils of the sword and in perils of his own countrymen. And, and he talked about the fact that he, was, that he was a day and a night in the deep and he received stripes. That means he was beaten upon his flesh. He received stripes. And, and, and this man went through so many difficulties this was real, true tribulation, and he said, I glory in it. And I glory in it because I know that tribulation is working patience. And I know the value of patience. And it is only tribulation that works patience. Nothing else works patience. Even me, even me just up here trying to, trying to motivate somebody to be patient, that can only go so far. The seed will certainly be planted, but it will be watered by the trying of one's faith. And that trying of your faith will work patience inside of you. And if you will let patience have her perfect work, you will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The Bible says tribulation worketh patience. And in verse 4, patience, experience, and experience, hope. I like to use the illustration of the lady that called me one day and said, Brother Urshan, I need you to pray for me because they've told me that I have cancer. And I said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry to hear that. And it was, you know, that's such a terrible report to receive. And I said, uh, we're praying for you. I said, are, are you okay? She said, oh, I'm fine. And I said, you're fine. And she said, yes, I'm fine. She said, they told me this 23 years ago. 
And she said, they were wrong then and they're wrong now. She said, God gave me victory back then. He's going to give me victory again. And he did. She's still going strong. And that, was, that conversation was 15 years ago. See, she went through tribulation of this, of this sickness in her life. And the tribulation worked patience. She came through the tribulation with patience. That gave her an experience. And because she has the experience, now she has hope. So, 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 so when the disease comes back to her, she doesn't have to go through the fretting and the fearing and the dreading. She just goes to the hope that the tribulation developed from experience, developed from, from patience, and it has produced hope. We receive hope because tribulation works patience. We receive hope because patience works experience. And if you've got an experience in the Lord, you've got hope for whatever other experience you may face in the future. Hallelujah. You've got hope for whatever other experience you may face in the future. You don't have to sit around and wonder what's going to happen next. You don't have to sit around and wonder when the next shoe is going to drop. You don't have to wonder about what tomorrow will hold because you have an experience that was, that was forged by the, by the working of patience that only came by virtue of the trial of your faith. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody ever gone through something that your faith was tried? Your faith was tried. It was put on trial. That means, that means there, was, there was an accuser there and there was an advocate there. There was an accuser there saying, you don't believe. You don't trust God. You don't have faith in God. You won't be faithful to God. You're going to give up. You're going to quit. The accuser was there for the trial of the faith. But the advocate was also there saying, trust in me. Turn to me. Call upon my mighty name. I will be with you. Hallelujah. And thank God you came through that trial having your faith proven. With an experience that produced hope. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. And it is something that is absolutely beautiful when it develops. Let's go back to the book of James. And we're going to look at the fifth chapter now. The book of James in the fifth chapter. And we're going to read from the seventh verse of James chapter 5. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. He is telling us to be patient under the coming of the Lord because the husbandman is waiting for the fruit and he's waiting with long patience. You ever wonder why the Lord is waiting to return to the earth? Because he's a patient God. And we look at our world today, and particularly the direction our nation has gone in recent years, and we wonder, Lord, how, how can you wait because the, 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 the corruption and the blasphemy and the abomination is becoming more and more intense? And the Scripture teaches us this, that he has long patience for the precious fruit of the earth and that he will receive the early and the latter rain. He will wait for the early and the latter rain and the precious fruit of the earth. God's patience is why he has not yet returned to the earth. See, God has anger. 
but he's also slow to anger. And so, so his anger is in the process of building, but he is slow to it. He is waiting until every last soul can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is waiting he is waiting for people to turn from their sinful ways. He is waiting for people to come up out of their darkness. He is, he is trying to save whosoever will. He has long patience for the precious fruit of the earth. So then James then puts it on us. Be ye also patient. You know, he always holds us to the standard of God's perfection. Be ye perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Be holy as, as my Father is holy. And here he's saying, be patient as God is patient. One place Jesus said, love each other the way I have loved you. See, this is why God doesn't cut us any slack. He's merciful. Yes, he's merciful. But when you are empowered by the Holy Ghost, he is very forthcoming in letting you know what you are capable of and what he expects of us. You are capable of loving the way he loves you. You are capable of being holy because he's holy. You are capable of being perfected because he is perfect. So let those things work in you. Again, we talk about wholeness and completion. These things are available to the child of God because these things are true about God. You can be patient because the Lord is patient. We are patient with one another. We are patient with, with the Lord. We are patient with his wisdom, with his decisions, with how he chooses to do a thing. We are patient. We are patient because he is patient. Verse 8, be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Why? For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Wow. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. He's telling us you have to let patience have her perfect work to the point that you don't hold grudges against one another. That you don't hold things over people's heads. That you don't. That you don't lose patience with your brother or your sister because they're not acting in a way that is pleasing to you. He said, do not grudge against one another. Because if you do, you'll be condemned. And the judge is standing at the door. That scripture ought to put every single one of us in a place of, of seeking God. Because we so easily and so often hold grudges against one another. But he said, don't, or it will condemn you. And the judge is at the door. I wonder how much condemnation we've brought into our life because of the grudges we've held against other people. Lord, help us all. He said, take my brethren, the prophets, for example, who spoke in the name of the Lord, take them for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Look at their lives. Look at how they lived. You know, we look at the prophets of the Old Testament, and it is humbling. They didn't preach to amen corners. They did, not, they did not preach to people who stood to their feet and applauded what they were saying. You know, we get very spoiled in the modern church. Because I'm able to get up here and, and shout 
and testify of the goodness and the grace and the power and the glory of God. And, and, and 99.9 or 100% of you agree with that. And so there is an affirmation, an immediate affirmation. And we walk out of here, man, we had a good service. We all agreed that God is great, God is good. And that's wonderful. But the prophets didn't have that luxury. The prophets were constantly speaking the word of the Lord and speaking in the name of the Lord to companies of people who wanted to kill them for what they were saying. And many of them did die because they spoke in the name of the Lord. Jesus said as much. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you unto myself, but you would not. I sent prophets and you killed the prophets. He said, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, for example, of suffering affliction and of patience. If they can get through what they went through and testify the goodness of God, surely you and I can get through what we need to get through and testify of the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. I go back to Jeremiah, that, that account of Jeremiah being sent down into a pit of absolute degradation and mire and filth left there to die because he spoke in the name of the Lord. And they, they let him down. They had a contraption to get him down, but they did not have a contraption to retrieve him because there wasn't any intention to retrieve him. He was let down to die. And he gets down there, and, and the Lord moved upon the heart of the king, and they brought him up out of that pit of despair. And this man, Jeremiah, we call him the weeping prophet. Not only did he write the book of Jeremiah, but he wrote the book of Lamentations. He was a lamenting, weeping prophet, but he spoke the word of the Lord in the name of the Lord. And James said, before you quit, look to the prophets as an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Verse number 11, behold, we count them happy which endure. Hallelujah. We count them happy which endure. Before I read any more, I want to read to you verse 12 of James 1. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. What is awaiting you as a reward for your patience? The crown of life is awaiting you for your reward of being patient. And so... The scripture goes on to say, we count them happy which endure. He said, you have heard of the patience of Job. You have heard of the patience of Job. And not only have you heard of the patience of Job, but you have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful, which means he's full of pity, and he is of tender mercy. Oh, hallelujah. You can get through what you're going through because you have heard of the patience of Job and you have heard of the end of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, one of the great verses of Scripture. And I want to read it to you. I wasn't planning on it, but I want to read it to you because we're talking about the end of the Lord. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. This is the end of the Lord. 
thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. When you're going through what you're going through, understand that God has a plan for you and his thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace, not thoughts of evil. He's not looking for a way to cut you down. He's looking for a way to lift you up. He's not looking for a way to decimate you. He's looking for a way to emancipate you. He's not looking for a way to depress you. He's looking for a way to revive you. Hallelujah and to give you hope, and to give you an expected end. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go to the, the man by the name of Job, Job chapter 23. This is this man, and I won't get into the whole story of his life. We'd be here the rest of the night if you tried to, tried to understand all that this man went through. But let's just say this way. When James was trying to think of a man who personified patience, he said, You've heard of the patience of Job. He could have talked about any number of people who exercised patience, who had patience developed in them, but this is the man who most clearly personifies patience because of what he went through. And let me say, as he went through this, he came out on the other side with the victory and with complete restoration and replenishment of everything he had lost. When you suffer or when you go through the trial of life, God is going to replenish and restore what you lost when you're faithful to Him. I want to say that again because I, I, I know that the devil's telling you something different. When you suffer and are faithful to the end of the suffering, God will replenish and restore Everything you lost in that process of your suffering. He will do it. And you say, how? Because I lost things that I can never get back. Trust in the Lord. He will blow your mind with how in His intricate wisdom and His awesome power and His boundless love, He will restore to you what you never dreamed could be restored to you. And you will be the one to testify that he has done so. Job goes through all of this trial. He goes through this horrible set of circumstances. Number Verse, verse 8 of chapter 23 of the book of Job. Behold, I go forward, but God is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Oh, hallelujah. There's that legal term again, when he hath tried me. When my faith is tried and I come through that trial, I shall come forth as gold. I'm going to come out of this with such beautiful value. I'm going, to, I'm going to come out of this with something I have never had before. I'm going to be something that I've never been before. Hallelujah. And I often questioned the Lord on this verse. I said, Lord, he goes forward and you're not there. Why? He goes backward and he cannot perceive you. Why not? On the left hand, 
where you work and he cannot behold you and you're hiding yourself on the right hand that I cannot see him. And I, and I, and I often said, Lord, why not? I mean, just throw him a bone. He goes forward. You know, let him behold you. And, and when he goes back, let him perceive you. And on the right and on the left hand. And, and, and I said, I mean, you're omnipresent. You're, you're in all those places. And yet you are hi- literally hiding yourself. And I said, why is that? And the Lord spoke to me and said, because he had, the lesson was, he had to know that I'm God right where he is. He doesn't have to go forward to find me. He doesn't have to go backward to find me. He doesn't have to go to the left or to the right hand to find me. I'm God right here. I'm God right now. In the middle of the disease, I'm God. In the middle of the problem, I'm God. In the middle of the loneliness, I'm God. Hallelujah. See, that's what we try to do. We, 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 we know God is real. We know God has power. And even though our faith is tried and, and the devil will even try to get us to question those things, in our heart we know that God is with us, but, but we don't feel him. And so, so we try to go forward beyond our trial. That's what it means to go forward. I, 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 if I can just fantasize about what it'll be like when this is over. God said, you don't have to go forward to find me. Or maybe I can go back and, and, and dwell on, on what life was like before any of this started. Go back. And God said, you don't have to go back to find me. Or maybe if I went to the left where the grass seems greener or to the right where it seems like everybody has it made in the shade. And God said, stand still. Stand still. And that is the lesson that Job learned, that God is God in the middle of whatever you are facing. And I want you to know that tonight, on this June Wednesday evening, whatever you're facing, God is God. He is all God in the middle of whatever you're facing. He is a very present help in trouble. That's the kind of God He is. He is your strong tower. That's the kind of God He is. He is your shelter and your refuge and your fortress and your shield and your buckler. Hallelujah. He is your encampment. Hallelujah. He is the mighty God of Jacob. And he will defend you. He is with you in the middle of this struggle. He is with you in the middle of this doubt. He is with you in the middle of this storm. He is with you. You don't have to wait till the wind stops blowing. He's God right now. You don't have to wait till the lightning stops flashing. He's God right now. You don't have to go back to before this problem started. He's God right now. Let patience have her perfect work. And you will come through this with being made perfect and entire. And you won't want for anything. That what an amazing thing to be able to say of someone wanting nothing. Do you remember when they used to give you a Christmas list? Man, I used to fill that thing out. I got carpal tunnel from from all the Christmas lists I used to make. But but you know what? You go through some things in life, and you start valuing what's real. And before long, you, you, it doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter to you whether you have this or that or what material gain might develop. What matters to you are the true riches. Peace. Hallelujah. Peace of mind. Hallelujah. 
family and love and joy and, and gentleness and, and, and true, genuine friendship. Finding that friend, hallelujah, that sticks closer than a brother, hallelujah. I'm talking about what really matters, the genuine riches of Jesus Christ. And you learn through patience and experience and hope what really matters. What's, what, what is that? What is that dynamic? What has happened? You are in the process of wanting nothing. All I want is you, Lord. All I need is you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I got everything I need. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, don't, you don't have this and you don't have that. I got everything. I, I, I actually don't want those things. The blessing of man makes sorrowful. And, and, but, but the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. Hallelujah. What has happened? You are being made perfect, my friend. You are being made entire, my friend. And you are being put through the process of wanting nothing. And that's a great place to be. And only the trying of your faith that worketh patience can take you there. The book of Psalms. And we're going to hasten along here. But the book of Psalms, I want to, I want to read to you. I love this passage, Psalm 46. I'm just going to read this whole psalm, okay? Let me read this whole song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Woo, why aren't you afraid? Go back to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Why aren't you fearful? Verse 1. Why aren't you worried? Verse 1. Why aren't you distressed? Verse 1. Why haven't you backslid? Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. The, the, the most overlooked word in the Bible. Sit silently and think about that for a moment is what it means. It's telling you to think a little while about this. God is your refuge and strength. God is your very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed. You can quote that and keep on moving if you want to, but what if the earth were removed right now? And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. In other words, though everything in your world change. Though everything that seems unchangeable changes. Though everything you thought would always be there is no longer there. We will not fear because God is our refuge and strength. And he is a very present help in trouble. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Now stop and think about that for a moment. Then he picks back up and says, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Now he's talking about the church. There is a river. We heard Brother Nathan Urshan, my brother, preach about the flow. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles. Not tabernacle, tabernacles. You are the tabernacles. This is a reference to the church. 
the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She, the church, shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Listen to this. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. We get all bent out of shape when the heathen rage. We get all bent out of shape when the kingdoms move. All it takes is for God to utter his voice. And the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Sit still. Think about that for a little while. Come. Behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. I'm going to tell you that that is the great value of the church. God makes wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. In his kingdom, there will be no more war. In his kingdom, we will study war no more. In his kingdom, there will be no more fighting and, and arguing. And in his kingdom, all will be peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore, he breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire when is that going to happen? We want it to happen now. Lord, come quickly. Lord Jesus, we want it to happen right now. Be still. Be patient. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Sit there and think about that for a little while. Selah. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 27. I want to read to you Psalm 27, and, and, and I just want to read, not too, not, I won't read the entire psalm, but I'll, I'll read the first verse of Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Verse number 9. Hide not thy face far from me. Put, thy, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Verse 12. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Okay, I want you to hear what that's saying, and, and, and we're going to wrap this up. Wait on the Lord. And while you're waiting on the Lord, these are the two things you need to understand. One, be of good courage. And understand that while you're waiting on him, he is strengthening your heart. 
He is strengthening your heart while you are waiting on, on him. You are being made stronger while you're waiting on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. We're going to read it quickly. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. Moses is standing before the Red Sea. Famously, he says to the people in verse 13, Fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. My Lord have mercy. Stand still. Be patient. What's that telling you to do? That's telling you be faithful. Be prayerful. Be worshipful. Don't turn your back on God. Stand still. Stand strong. And these Egyptians, the, this 400 years of bondage, 400 years of, of having a taskmaster, 400 years of dominance, and, and you have seen them every day of your life. You have seen these that have ruled over you with such spiritual uh, bondage. But today you're going to be delivered and you will see their faces no more forever. But the key is to stand still and let the Lord fight the battle. One final verse of scripture I want to read and then we're going to stand from the book of Isaiah. Hallelujah. Some of you already know where I'm going. Chapter 40 and verse 31. They that wait. We're going to read verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, whoo, hallelujah, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Let's give the Lord praise right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands under the Lord. Come on, let's clap our hands under the Lord. Oh, bless His holy name. Come on, that's it, church. Let's give God praise right now. Let's stand to our feet all across this house. And whatever you're going through, I want you to praise God in the face of whatever you're facing. Come on, worship God in the middle of your circumstances. Worship God in the middle of whatever it is that the enemy is trying to bring against you or your home or your family or your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. He's going to give might. To those that are faint, he's going to increase strength. To those that are weak, he's going to give you the victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Oh, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Some of you might say, I've been waiting a long time. 
To that I want you to say look around right now and begin to give God praise for where He has brought you and how He has kept you through these years of waiting. Come on, give God praise right now for how He has kept you. Hallelujah, how He has kept you. Thank you, Jesus. Don't discount how the Lord has kept you. How he walked with you through the fire. How he walked with you through the valley of the shadow of death. How he kept your sanity in place. How he brought you through that sickness. How he brought you with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm. Patience pays. It pays to be patient. It pays to wait on the Lord. He will bring it to pass. And that right early. Oh, glory to his name. Come on, I want you to praise him like you're already through the trial. I want you to praise him like you've already come through on the other side. You might be in the middle of the Red Sea, but go ahead and give God praise like he just swallowed up every one of your adversaries. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One thing I like to do when I'm going through something, when I'm going through a test or a trial or tribulation of some kind, there's something I like to do. And and I'm I'm not saying this is why you're going through what you're going through. Don't misunderstand. I'm talking about from a personal perspective. And I believe it will help somebody tonight. I like to just stop in the middle of it, in the middle of the worry, in the middle of the concern about what else can go wrong. I like to just stop and say, Lord... If there's anything in me that's causing this or that to occur, if if I'm holding a grudge, if I've got some dormant fault that I'm not even aware of, or maybe I am aware of it and just haven't dealt with it, Lord God, cleanse me right now in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Show me, O God, the plain path of salvation, and I'll walk in it. I wonder if we could do that right now all across this house. If we can just make our hearts bare before the Lord. We're going to sing unto the Lord and we're going to have a time of prayer. Come on and just say, God, if there's anything in my spirit right now, I lay it all down before you tonight. That's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just let the fresh healing waters of repentance sweep over our souls right now. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Oh, yes. And He'll renew These altars are open if you want to come and pray right now. You're more than welcome. Hallelujah. All across this house, let's let the Spirit of the Lord move in this place. Let's allow the Spirit of the Lord to speak to our hearts. (laughs) Oh, glory to His name. Glory to His name. Wait on the Lord. Yes, Jesus. And He'll renew your strength. 